Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we move beyond the careful understanding of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, in regard to being filled with the Spirit. Now we ask the question, what does being filled with the Spirit look like? In this week's message, we learn that being Spirit-filled is public and corporate, it loves to praise God, it is thankful, and it is humble. Please listen carefully to Pastor Jim as he delivers today's portion of this week's message entitled, Spirit-Filled Looks Like This. The word psalms came to mean a sacred song sung to musical accompaniment. There are uh, there have been some Christians in church history, there are some these days that, that believe you should have no instruments in church. And well, you don't have to have them. You can honor God with just the instrument of your voice, but you can't get around this word. That's, that's what it means. The main reference of the word psalms is to the book of psalms in the Old Testament. It applies to any portion of Scripture that is set to music as well. Then there's the word hymns. The Greek word for hymns is hymns. Uh, pronounce it a little bit differently. It means to sing praises. It was used in the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, for the Hebrew word or the Hebrew verb hallel, which also was connected to the word hallelujah. Hallel is to praise. The Yah at the end has to do with Yahweh or Jehovah. And the general meaning of hallelujah is a song of praise addressed to God. Classic example, the so-called doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Praise, 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 praise. Praise God. That's what the word hymns means. Um, an, an example of, uh, of, a, um, of a hymn could be um, just anything that praises God for who He is. Whether or not it's specifically the words of Scripture if it accords with Scripture, it fits. Then there's the word spiritual songs. In case he left out anything, this one covers the rest of it. Any song of a spiritual nature. It doesn't have to be Scripture, but it has to be about spiritual things. A good example there would be amazing grace. That's not a verse of the Bible or a passage of the Bible, but it portrays a great doctrine of the Bible. Songs that communicate the gospel would also fit in this category. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. That's a spiritual song. Put it to music, and you're preaching the gospel. Now, in light of that, uh, let me give you the Harris definition of what qualifies as legitimate, worthy church music. It's not complicated. The words must be true to Scripture, and the music must be appropriate to the words. When such music 
is played and or sung by Christians seeking to honor God, that is part of true worship. God is honored by that. If the words and the music fight against each other, or if, as, as I find um, unpleasant about a lot of um, modern so-called Christian music, if the words are obscured by the music, um, I, that doesn't honor God. Put, put the two together. And one of, the, one of the most important things for a person to decide about, about leading a worship service is, is this singable? Might be things that sound really good when the Philharmonic and the and the Tabernacle Choir, not the certain Tabernacle Choir, <laughs> sings it, but that might not be singable for a, a, a congregation. We don't do the Hallelujah Chorus as a congregational song uh, very often here at Heritage Bible Church. Not a terrible thing, though. But understand too, even good music. If it is performed by unsaved people, or if it is sung by Christians who are seeking to honor themselves, God doesn't like that. That's hypocrisy. That's odious to God. So our first observation from this text is that when you are spirit-filled, you have a desire to worship God in spirit and in truth, including vocally in song, in the company of other believers. Spirit-filled activity includes speaking to one another in the sense of communicating biblical truth as we worship chorally together. That means both conversation and musical expression. It could be encouragement. It can be exhortation. It can be comfort. It can be instructive, any other communication that honors God. To not be able, physically speaking, to join in corporate worship is great grief to a Spirit-filled person. If someone is okay with missing corporate worship in church with fellow believers, especially on a regular basis, that's an extremely dangerous indicator. Be filled with the Spirit, comma. What do I mean by that? Five things, and number one is corporate worship. That's part of being Spirit-filled. We're not talking about one specific moment of time. As a pattern, you desire public corporate worship. Second thing, what does spirit-filling look like? Oh, it loves to praise God. Very closely connected to what we just said, but verse 19, again, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, next two participles, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. Singing is the translation of the most general New Testament word for praising God in song. Making melody is the verb form of the word for psalm that we saw earlier. It literally means to twitch or to twang. Maybe, maybe country music is okay for 
praising the Lord. Okay, the big box over here, the hammer comes down and pounds on the, on the tightly strung strings and they, and they vibrate melodiously. The guys that sit behind him and next to him pluck strings in a systematic manner and it sounds good. That's what it means to make melody. It means to play with a stringed instrument. Uh, in, the, in the Septuagint, the translation of the Old Testament into Greek, it meant to sing with a harp or to sing songs with accompaniment or to make music instrumentally. And he says now, singing and making melody with your heart. Now that's not talking about a different kind of thing. It, it's not as if to say, do this within your heart. That's one thing. And another thing is speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. No, it, it's talking about the source of it. It refers to the need for worship to come as the natural expression of a redeemed life from the heart that is attuned to the Lord, if you will. In biblical terminology, the heart is the, the, the center of the person. It's where your understanding and your decision-making comes from. And so to sing from the heart means to give conscious, knowledgeable praise to God. That's the essence of Christian music. That's the essence of church music, the musical part of worship. And it should be what takes place when the church gathers to worship. So a spirit-filled heart wants to praise God with other believers. Now, those are beautiful words, singing, making melody, being melodious. Well, what if you sound like me? Well, we got a verse for that. Make a joyful noise to the Lord. Yeah, there's a reason why I sit down front, so you won't hear me sing, because I love you. I don't want to hurt you. You understand? Yes, we offer our best to God. We'll talk about that in a moment. But this is a matter of us corporately wanting to glorify our God. Now, we do this, would you notice, with your heart to the Lord. Notice the, the twofold emphasis of our praise. We are speaking to one another those things that edify, encourage, comfort, um, nourish, build up, all of those things. And we are singing to the Lord. We are edified when we gather together as the church by eavesdropping on the communication with Him that goes on with all of us together. The audience of our worship is God. Christian music is not to um, entertain. It is to bring people together around the message that is embodied in that music and lift it up for God to be glorified. Since God is our audience, we have to be committed to offering to Him the, the very best that we can. It, 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 it can and should always include a congregational element. It, it can be someone uh, leading others in, in worship in what we call special music. As long as the motive is this is for the glory of God, He is the only audience that matters. That's what we do when we worship Him 
musically speaking. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.